0: Afrofuturism. What's that?
1: Afrofuturism can be seen in the artistic, scientific, and spiritual practices throughout the African diaspora. It is often traced back to musician and cosmic philosopher Sun Ra. The term was first coined by Mark Derry in his 1994 essay, Black to the Future.
0: Welcome to the Carefree Black Nerd Podcast, a conversation about representation in comics and related media. I am your host, Rain Coleman, the Carefree Blurred himself, and this issue we will be covering Mind to Avenge, Book of Layla, issue number two. Thank you guys and welcome back to another episode of Carefree Black Nerd. While you're here, go on over to your local podcasting app or site and subscribe. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, YouTube, SoundCloud, all that good stuff. Hit that subscribe button and let me know that you are loving this content that I'm giving to you. Also, please go to your social medias and follow me. Let me know what's going on, man. Make this a conversation. Go over to the Twitters and use CarefreeBlurred. That is my handle. All other social medias are CarefreeBlackNerd. So, yeah. Thanks, guys. So, we're going to jump right into the issue here. Now, if you guys remember back on Season 5, Issue 60 of Carefree Black Nerd, we discuss Mind to Avenge, issue number one. Uh, I spoke with the creator, Robert Jeffrey, and about the amazing work and time and energy that went into this project. Ha! Huh. So, I'm here for, for, for the part two. Now, I don't have Mr. Jeffrey joining me for this one. I did get a chance to look at, review, and all that with the uh, Book of Later number two. And I am so excited. <laughs> you wouldn't believe uh, but just to kind of give you a, a, a quick refresher, guys. Previously on Mind to Avenge, issue one. You have a project, uh, and it's it's a Kickstarter. And, uh, it is a very good one. Uh, Mind to Avenge. Why don't you let the, uh, let the listeners know what it is. What's the buzz? What's the, what's the big deal about, uh, Mind to Avenge? Um,
1: Mind to Avenge is a, I call it my cyberpunk Horror mashup,
0: mm.
1: and uh, basically it, it focuses on a um, a very tragic and horrible event that took place in a um, 1930. Um, actually, in a mansion, a New Orleans mansion in 1833. Uh, if people are familiar with uh, New Orleans history or the history of um, you know, the slaveholding South, there was a couple. Named the La La Re La Reeves. I'm gonna have to learn how to <laughs> pronounce that. La, La Reeves, and um, there were some pretty heinous ish that happened in happened in the house. They were um, they were slaveholders, but there it, basically it was discovered that the uh, the couple was on some like kind of psychopathic, mm-hmm. uh, crazy type of ish. Mm-hmm. Um, without delving too much in. To what the um, what actually happened because that actually, and you can definitely do the you know do the I guess research or homework <laughs> into you know what went down in in real life you know, mm-hmm. um, it's it's one of the it's one of those stories that just kind of stuck with me when I when I first heard about it. So, using that as a jump off point for my story, I, I tell the story of a girl who escaped the house of horrors and pretty much made it her lifelong long goal to never be anybody's victim again.
0: All right, guys, so that was a quick little rewind of the first issue. Um, I will implore you guys to go back and listen to that whole episode. I uh, will have that linked in the show notes for those of you who want to click on and listen before continuing on with Mind to Avenge number two. Now, this two issue has a Kickstarter that begins on Wednesday, June 12th. And that is, let's see, from the time of this recording, that is in about two weeks. So make sure to, to get ready for that. I'll definitely be promoting this Kickstarter because I like what the team is doing over there with mind to avenge Now, Book of Layla, the, the first issue was a high-energy ride. Like, you got a lot from that story. You got a lot... Um, You're just dropped into the story, I'll say that much. And that's something that I did enjoy about the issue is that this is a creator owned uh, series and property. And I don't want to say you don't, well, I'll just say you don't really have the luxury of the big two when it comes to a slow burn. Um, I think that for an origin story or for what we got in issue one. Everything was well paced. Uh, I enjoyed the story. The flashbacks were, um, were served to, it it helped to serve the narrative. Um, Though you're dropped into this story, you kind of have to feel your way around and see what exactly is going on. You you do get a straightforward story. Um, So when you're going into book two, this is a, a property that I cannot wait until it's completed Like the first trade I want to say The last issue Robert said That you're looking, you're looking at Five issues for a trade I know this is going to be Even more enjoyable Being able to binge it Binge it uh, Marathon it Just I don't know Sit back with the Collected uh, Collected series and, and read it straight through um, But yeah But I do like again That we have this Afro-futurism This uh, Post-apocalyptic Feeling like cyberpunk this is like a really really good series and the reason i well one of the reasons why i'm really really grateful for it is because like we've discussed before black people are not in the future most properties that you watch and that you read especially from like the 90s and before when they do have a far future element like star wars uh there are rarely any black people there we are usually relegated to the past and even um what is this show i watched the 100 i fell off of that a long time ago but i don't recall there being too many black people on that damn show i mean there was like the the president his son but even like the stun spoiler alert was like killed early on and, like, just buried in the shallow gray. It was the whole thing, but I still have to say that it's good to be able to see yourself in these properties. Um, Mind to venge could easily, even within these first two issues, become a TV series or a movie. So, throwing it out there. Any of you wealthy investors out there, go ahead and, uh, shoot Mr. Jeffrey and the team, which is uh, Illuminati in Ravenna go ahead and let them know uh, you want to throw some money at them. <laughs> But no, so, so getting back to Mind to Avenge, I... This... What Mr. Jeffrey's is doing by pulling a piece of actual history and creating this new story is what I think people should do when they're looking at new properties so let me take a couple steps back a big concern that i have and that a lot of people have with hollywood quote unquote um in this day and age is that everything is redone you have the new live action lion king you have the live action uh, sleeping beauty you have the uh, what is it, Beverly, Beverly Hills Cop? What the hell? Whatever, you have a lot of properties from way back when and you're updating them or you're redoing them, which is all fine and good. There's a place for that. But with so many creators out there putting in time and energy into new ideas, why keep rehashing the same thing? I feel like Mind to Avenge takes something that happened with the LaLaurie and the, the brutal physical manifestation of their racism and you're making it into something different and this isn't like the homeboys who want to do the uh revisionist civil rights um slavery shit over there at hbo this is not it this is taking something that happened I, I feel like i'm being redundant right now but taking something that happened and making something better out of it making it a better story So, last we left off in Mind to Avenge Issue 1, we had Pyra and Travis of the Retribution Cabal. They received an order to go and pick up or rescue a Raquel. Uh, This was in Russia, the Republic of Russia, I believe. And um, after all of that transpires with this short demon of Slavic origin or something we get the Republic of Atlanta where Senator Lina Matthews I know I messed up her first name uh, pretty much is notified that the Lawlery is back the Lawlery being the horrible racist monsters who did a lot of mutilating and disgusting shit to black bodies, this was way way back in the day um, where it comes in, it was simple before with that like not revisionist history, but this—God, um, what was the term? It was it, taking a piece of history and building off that. Uh, back in New Orleans in 1833, uh, this book, man—I don't know—I'm—I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm, I'm a fan, clearly. So, what I like is one the character design. These characters, uh, Pyra and Travis, uh, Senator Matthews, all look. Very much like black people, um, the coloring is very uh, done very well. The hairstyles very well. Uh, Layla looks like a black woman, um, which I think is very important. Of course, you know, in on this show, I am a advocate for representation and for this creative team to be able to capture that visual representation of what a black person looks like is is amazing. Now, regardless to the aesthetic, if you like it or not because art is subjective, you can't deny that these people look black. And when holding this book up in comparison to others like Marvel and DC, excuse me, Marvel and DC books, and it's not to say that um, you have to compare an indie property to those, but I do it because those are the big two. And they are slowly but surely making waves and um, allowing are making way for uh, people of color and uh, different experiences to write in and illustrate these books. But when you get a creator-owned property, which is another reason why I'm so happy to support this project, you get it straight from the source. Um, you get a story that feels very much of the people that it's, it's, rep- that it's uh, telling this story about. Um, in the small like, back and forth about Sade in the issue, in issue number one, you wouldn't have gotten that in a book that's part of the big two. You just, you just wouldn't. It would be so few and far between. Like, who, when do you think you'd pick up an X-Men book or a Justice League book and hear a joke or a uh, running gag about Sade? Like, and what you you just wouldn't and that's one of the things that makes me so happy to support indie creators for one indie creators of color and uh people who are telling stories that not only in like it's, the story doesn't necessarily have to involve me per se but if it's a story about an Asian family about a First Nations uh, assassin about you know a uh, latino hipster and her amazing talking monkey just anything that is written and created and handled by people in those communities because that will be a more thoughtful and richer story now that's again not to say that you can't be a white person and write a person of color that's not even it but when historically that's all we've been getting when you do get something like mine to avenge it's a breath of fresh air you know, even look at the Marvel and DC books, when they do hand them over to people of color, you get, usually, good stories. You know, so, but that's neither here nor there. So, we open up in Mind to Avenge Book of Layla Part 2, or Issue 2, excuse me, in the Swiss Alps. And this is in the year of 2154. Now, this book feels very old and very new at the same time like you get a lot of these old ancient elements um just in costume design and the way people talk and where some of the story is set but then you also get that far flung future and this kind of mashup in between when we do speak about the lolly the the villains of the story or the big bads we do get that ancient old world 1883 feeling Uh, even style of dress, but then, but I think, and that's even by nature of the the cast of characters, so getting right into that, I'm not going to spoil too much of the story, but there's a few things that I do want to touch on. You get um, this meeting of the clans. We have uh, the vampire clan, the Han Ba Clan. I don't know what that is. Uh, it looks like maybe it's like some lizard people. We get the North American Lupin Order, which is werewolves. We get the Monte. Oh, George. Look, y'all. Y'all know I'm not good at pronouncing stuff. We get the Madri Monte Order of South America, and we get the Jersey Devil Clan. The artwork is stunning like some of this stuff I don't even I'm not even aware of what this is but the artwork presents it in such a way that I I will now see this stuff in my nightmare which is a testament to the to the artist this is this is a good job so pretty much we have this like gathering that Senator Matthews saw in the last issue and it is some shit like this is another oh god okay so this book presents us with these clans meeting and discussing you know as you do the humans the concern with them as it relates to us us being the the clans the different monsters and then the Lawlery coming back like where the hell have they been I'm, I'm interested in finding out what where they've been, and then how did you just randomly come back? And then Senator Matthews was was able to, however the the how however she did it, she was able to uh see that you guys were back. How how is that? Why is that? I, I have a lot of questions that I want. I want this series to continue, so you they can be answered for me because I am, I'm interested. So we get where I thought we would have gotten from the last issue, this just meeting of the minds, meeting of the monsters. We're going to get together and talk about X, Y, and Z. No, we got something else entirely. We got some you motherfuckers need to do what we tell you to do or else. And it was done. It was written in such a great way because you could easily fall into this trope of we're the biggest of the big bads. Submit to us. But the way that they got they being the lullery got everyone else and all the other clans to follow them was so good expert storytelling it was really good um i'm not going to spoil that because i do want you guys to check out the book um but once they did get folks to turn which was a very intense scene again something that i would love to see played out on tv or played out on the big screen like whew, this was good um yeah, so so kudos to them, and it also shows how ruthless and cutthroat the Lalaurie are. Like, so we in the first issue we get a very um, mythical depiction of them. Like, we 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 see them or well, one of them for like a few panels, and everything else seems to be its own story with that background knowledge. But then at the end of that issue. You get Senator Matthews panicking, but even that, I feel like, doesn't sell the severity of how terrifying the Lawlery are, especially when, and I liken this to, and y'all know I'm a fan of Twilight on this show, but I liken it to Twilight in the sense that you saw the vampires and how Stoic they looked, and how calmly and confidently they moved, and they didn't have to move too fast. It wasn't too much stress, but they had this immense power that allowed them to just, like like if you are a human fighting a bear, you're gonna panic, you're gonna stress you're gonna you know have this like fight or flight stress about you, but if you're one of these vampires fighting a bear or another vampire, you're very calm and that's the way I perceive the Lawlery because the few scenes where they do the thing that gets everyone to turn over to their side they are very calm. They are very almost regal and to see the shit that they do the I'm trying not to spoil it uh, to see the, the actions that they take and how Calm and reserved they are. That's more terrifying than say like the lupin order, some uh, werewolves chasing after you. Look like it's, it's, it's. Oh man, it's it's the stuff of nightmares. <laughs> and they are they're back and they want their rightful place where it was before back in 1883 and whatever. And the only way to do it is to get rid of Layla. So we see Layla in this second issue, and she is. Man, she is so cool. Like, I would love to see this on screen. I'm going to keep saying that. I would love to see this on screen. Layla is... Whew. Okay, so before going forward, you guys, while you're listening to this, if you've read Mind to Avenge uh, issue number one, tweet me, Carefree Blurred. Uh, use the hashtag CBNPod and let me know you've read Mind to Avenge number one. If not, get on it. Get on it. Get on it. Um, yeah, so... We cut to Layla, who is, I have nothing to compare her to. She's just on a ledge and jumps off, and there she is with her jetpack. And you see, in this world, we have cars that fly. We have This is very futuristic. This is very much your idea of what's going to be in the far-flung future. Very modern Jetsons type of fifth element ish things we get Layla going after this truck but in the midst of her doing that we see this like little brown girl in the backseat of the car her dad driving and her being excited to even see Layla some things happen which I don't want to spoil that but when things take a take a, a, a dive a left turn or whatever and Layla is able to save the day there's this beautiful scene very quiet just a few panels where the daughter's like dad i want to be her i want to be like her and he's like shit me too just cuz of the things that she that she that she's done not only for them because it's something to help but it's just in what she's able to do you know what I'm saying? Like I feel like if they had have seen her do this same thing for another couple or another collection of people, it would have been the same reaction. Wow, look at her! Like just again, further emphasizing how badass Layla is. Good friggin' job, Robert. Um, oh, and the team, the whole team. My apologies, uh, Matteo Illuminati, uh, Robert, you, the the Mind to Avenge team, Ravina illuminati robert jeffrey y'all are doing it y'all are kicking ass with this one um so yes we get everything that happens with layla and the little girl and her dad now remember we're coming off of episode one well yeah i'm gonna call it episode one (laughs) where raquel was rescued by pyra and travis and then we go into issue episode two and we we get something similar um We get Layla crashing through this building after chasing this truck, and she's in here to whoop ass and save people. This is another intense, expertly choreographed fight scene that feels like something that would happen. Uh, The proportions and the angles are very much real. Uh, I mention that because, again, comics have a history of taking women characters and bending them in god-awful ways just to... Amplify this like fetishized sexual ish where you on your hands and knees crawling but your ass is sitting over your head. We don't get any of that in this book. So that alone is enough for the price of admission. But we get her doing her badass blade, vampire hunting, uh fucking tactical Batman, and I'm only mentioning these other properties to kind of get, get in your head. A point of reference because she is whooping ass um and in the midst of that coming off of what happened last issue with Senator Matthews we get Pyra and Travis to the rescue like they come in and do some fucking damage as well which is like again this is a few pages of just badass I don't know just just okay again y'all the whole reason I even started my podcast Oh so many years ago Was because when it comes to uh, Comic books and related media But mainly comic books You see these big blockbuster Pictures That have a cast That is 99.9% white The whole point of me Starting this podcast was because I felt like There were tons of stories And characters that were going Untold and unseen and unheard And all that That could be translated to the big screen That already exist. That people don't know about. Or they aren't being used properly. I say all that to say. This. Mind to Avenge. To take this. And put this on a big screen. And make this a Netflix series. To make this a streaming service. Or a cable network. Something. To see the amount of melanin. That would be on screen. And to see the situations. That they're put in. That. We don't always see our kind be in or if you are you are the token one This is just a good-ass story one expertly drawn colored lettered two and These people look like black people and I can't stress that enough Not only did you create a world where in the future we exist, but you have us looking like ourselves we don't look like i just drew a character and put brown paint on it because he's supposed to be black because she's supposed to be black um yeah so and then the science of it all the the jetpacks the futuristic buildings the weapons the ships the ai like all of this simply phenomenal um I want you all to support this book. Please do. Like I said, if you can't financially support, please share the Kickstarter. Please share it with some of your friends, some of your, your family, some of your enemies. Hell, some people who you think would be interested. Some who you think probably wouldn't be interested. So just share it and get the word out there. <clears throat> Excuse me. At the time of this recording, the Kickstarter has not went live. But I'll be sure to... When it does go live, take the link and put that in the show notes. So, for those of you listening at the time of this recording, when it comes out, you might not see the link just yet. But, like I said, I will go back and put it into the show notes. Um, but, yeah, so we get Pyra, uh, Travis, and Priya. Mm, I've been saying her name wrong. My bad. Priya. <laughs> Priya, Travis, uh, talking to Layla. And about the LaLaurie being back. And then we get this flashback. And this is another something that I don't want to spoil. But this flashback is Layla in her childhood. and So we kind of pick up where the very first issue opened. We pick up maybe, I would imagine, a year from there. And Layla kind of reconciling with what's going on. Um... I think, again, art great, story's great, but to see this, what is it, a B B plot, B story, whatever, but to see this going on, like when I sit down and read this in trade, I'm sure this is going to be a much more fulfilling story than it already is because it's a very good story, but to see how we go from the Layla from the first issue, who is very much an innocent to seeing Layla in the second issue Fully grown after Time has passed Doing what she does To get another flashback To see that in between That made her who she is In this second issue Again, expert storytelling Hands down This this cliffhanger This ending Has me anxious for Episode <laughs> Issue 3 Of Mind to Avenge I need to know what happened in that time? Oh, I just again, I'm not going to spoil it. I just know that if you guys have liked anything that I've suggested or recommended on this show before, this is definitely something that you need to get your hands on. Um, if all of you new people are listening, pick up Mind to Avenge. God damn it, uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's a worthy purchase. So, again, kudos to the creative team, Mind to Avenge, bruh. This, this story. Um, so, okay, so again, I can't think of too many properties that are out there that are futuristic that have us in them. Um, I know I sound like a broken record, but that's very important. When people envision the future in art, most often it's seen through a white lens. Only 8% of the 100 top grossing sci fi and fantasy films featured a protagonist of color. Half the time, the protagonist was Will Smith. So we're not all white or will smith the future looks different if you look at it through the lens of black experiences that's why we have this thing called afrofuturism the term was coined by culture critic mark Derry in 1994 to point out the lack of black writers and black stories and science fiction but let me know uh if there are any properties out there that are futuristic that are have majority black people or more than just the token or even you know asian or hispanic or whatever um but while you're doing that i want you guys to pick up mine to avenge. go going over to robert jeffrey's uh social media accounts and let him know how you felt. how you felt about issue one you know um if you're picking up issue two when this kickstarter begins would you have your coins ready <laughs> and be willing to support this property um, they'll be all listed in the in the show notes, of course, And, man thank you, thank you all for listening uh make sure to check out the forty four hundred review show, a light in the sky with none other than Mr. Robert Jeffrey and myself that should be coming out uh season two episode one was last Monday is when we released i believe. Tomorrow, Monday, you guys will be hearing episode two as well. Um, the pool is back in full effect. I'm doing that every week until I just can't. And other ep- episodes of Carefree Black Nerd. But yes, please support this Kickstarter. Um, be on the lookout for the links. Make sure to follow Mr. Jeffrey. You'll definitely get all the information from him. I'll be sharing and reteating and posting as well. This is. A story needs to be told and it needs to be read. So make sure y'all checking that out. Uh, social medias, make sure to follow me, Carefree Black Nerd um, at Carefree Blurred on Twitter. Carefree Black Nerd everywhere else. Um, hit me up on your podcasting apps, <laughs> uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, all the other ones at Player FM, all that good stuff. Check, check, check me out. And if you need to get in touch with me, email me, carefreeblacknerd at gmail.com. I very much appreciate it. You all appreciate it. And um, until next time, guys, stay carefree, stay nerdy, stay geeky, and stay mine to avenge.